Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome in to the DNVR Avalanche Podcast, live from Circa in Las Vegas, specifically the Legacy Club. Kale, I'm not going to lie to you. This shot is pretty sick. It's pre- you did a pretty good work on this shot. It's pretty cool. Uh, look, awesome place to be. I'm super excited to do the show. Obviously, we got all four of us. A little bit later in the show, we have an interview with Chris McFarland that you guys are going to listen to. But before we get into that, AJ, you weren't mm-hmm. on the pod yesterday. Do you have any what, biggest takeaways from uh, the game last night? Or I guess it was during the day, but... Uh, I mean, I think it's really... Trent Minor was great. Um, Sam Malinsky doesn't need to play another minute here in Vegas. He really, <laughs> really doesn't I, need to do it anymore. Yeah, I um, agree. You know, I thought Jason Poland was probably, like, my player of the game. The guy that is fighting for a meaningful job. Like Trent Miner needed to have the kind of day that he had, but he's not going to surpass either Eustace Ananen or Arvid Holm. Sure. Um, so it's it's almost like, hey, it's it's great um, that he had that game um, and, and hit the steps that he's taken to, to improve his game are meaningful. But you know, when you're fifth goalie on the depth chart, it's a, that's a that's – a, you are where you are at that that's point. A, it's a long <laughs> climb, yeah. So it's that's that's a challenge there. Um, but I thought Poland made a real impact, and he did it in ways that were not just scoring. It's easy to look at a box score and say, oh, here are the guys who impacted the game. But I thought what Poland did is what Poland is going to have to do if he's going to be an NHL player. Um, finding other ways to impact the game, the physicality, the intelligence, maturity, two-way game, all those things. Uh, that you want out of uh, the, this is why they go and get college free agents because they don't have to put them into a system and develop them for two, three years. They can get quicker turnarounds and get a, potentially a quick return or, or a quick NHL debut on a guy like Jason Poland. So I, I really liked him. Um, I thought the guy that opened my eyes the most was the guy that I walked in with absolutely no opinion whatsoever on because I'd never seen Maros Zedlika play before. Uh, and just the competitiveness, the drive, the hunger. I think that that stands out at something like this because I think it's really easy. All these guys have been the man on their teams their whole lives, and now they're fighting for – they're not the man anymore in this setting. They're fighting for opportunity, opportunity to get to show themselves, opportunity to, to prove that they belong, that they deserve a contract. A lot of invites here. You know, he was a, he, he was a seventh-round pick. You know, yep. I, I, nobody knows anything about him. 
And so he walks in with a blank slate, but also he was drafted. So he's already ahead of some of these cats, you know? And he turns 21. European player can come over at any time. And I think that the, the performance that he put on the ice yesterday was encouraging enough that you could you start to feel like, obviously, we always talk, don't make too much of this experience. But as a, as a first live viewing, that's a really good first impression he left on the ice. As, a, as just a competitive player, works hard. Uh, and and gets after it, and you know we need to see some puck skill, and there there's a lot of elements to the game that we need still need to get to see a little bit more of, uh, and you know him being in main camp next week will be great. We'll get to see him against NH some NHL guys, um, but I I thought that those my first impression of him was very very positive, with you know the caveat that there were big holes still in his game that yeah we 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 need to see more of, but yeah. Very happy so far. Love it. I, Jed Lishko was one of my guys as well, so yeah. I, I'm all about it. Uh, we did also talk to a number of Avalanche staff, front office people today, beyond McFarland, which mm-hmm. those interviews will be coming out on YouTube over the course of the next couple of days, I think. So keep an eye out for those. But in talking with them, I, I came across with this idea of, like, you start to understand... Look, every single prospect is different. There's no one mold that any of them fit into. Sam Malinsky, as an older guy, maybe has a little bit of a faster path. A Jedlishka at 20, yes, he's older for the draft, but it still has multiple years in front of him of developing into a player that will the Avs even end up signing a contract to? We don't know yet. When you look at an event like this, when you look at someone like a Poland going into some of those competitions for roster spots, whether that's with the Eagles or what have you, how important is it for these guys to make an impression at, a, at an event like this? Because this could be the only shot they get. Yeah, I mean, it matters, you know? Yep. I mean, I don't think you can make contract decisions and stuff. like they weren't, On one game, I They, they weren't going to yeah. turn around and change their mind on, on Jeremy Hansel. You know, they weren't, they weren't going to do the right thing. Uh, you know, off, just off of last night, but it's about it's about building a profile. You know, it's about building a, a body of work that you know when when a front office sits down and Eric, I'm sure you can speak to this. When a front office sits down to make those decisions, you can say, you know, somebody that's fighting for a guy will be able to say, well, look at this and this and this and that. You know, it's a, it's a body of work, and this is just part of that process. It might not be a very big part of it. It probably shouldn't be, but I I, I do think that it. It's going to matter a little bit. It can be it can be one of those things that nudges a guy ahead and maybe pulls a guy back a little bit more. So, but you're right. There's steps, and that's why every player is different. The 18 year old invite. Just talking to uh, this morning, one of the uh, <clears throat> equipment managers from the AS, and, and his his best take on this is it's so great to see an 18 year old kid that puts on an NHL jersey and he's an invite and he's like, oh my god, this is the greatest thing in the world and. Malinsky is a little different, right? Because he's going there. It's more business-like for him. He has to dominate. He does dominate yesterday. So passes the first test. So there are steps that you got to take here. A guy like Walensky, a guy like Poland or whatever. They have to take steps here. Steinberg, Olofsson. Those are things that you have to do. But each step is important. But don't kid yourself. The guys that are pushing hard, you know, on the staff, you know, for the... Yes, it is just a small sample. Yes, it's one game, but oh, but I told you so, right? You know what I mean? And they're in there, and they're pushing for their guys. And it's normal. That's all right. That's what makes it healthy discussions. Mm-hmm. But, of course, when you have the decision at the end of the day, whether it's C-Mac or, you know, <clears throat> Kevin McDonald or obviously Bedzie has something to say, 
it's it's you got to look back and say, oh, of course, this was only one game, but it's important. It's important that you fare well. It's important that first impression, you know, here you go, yeah. boom. That was your first impression of a player. Yeah. It's the same thing for a staff or a coach or Bedsy that's watching there. You know, those guys, I mean, Bedsy, there's no pressure this week. You know, he's only there. It's like, you know, he's got a crazy eight, nine months coming up. Yep. Uh, those guys are ready to go. But this is probably a few days where... Your guard is down. You're just you're just watching, and you're just there to support those kids and or those kids that are in their second or third camps. And it's important for them to to see that the head coach is there. And I think that's why you see every team's head coach there at, at these tournaments. It's important to show that they're value uh, they're valued by you know, the rest of the organization. So again, their steps. I think some guys took some steps yesterday, and then, mm. but yeah, don't don't kid yourself. There's there's some people in the staff that are like, see, I told you, I told you, yeah, you know I mean, and, and it's always like that, and that's what makes it fun. I think something this showcase has shown me is this sense that Colorado is leaning into the fact that they have an unconventional prospect pool. Winning cups comes at a cost, and sometimes that is the prospect pool, the depth, draft capital. And so we are looking at a group of prospects, even opposite Arizona. There is a stark contrast between who, who Arizona's top prospects are compared to Colorado. It is this mix in Colorado of players 23, 24, 25. But then there are players like a Jeremy Hansel who nearly misses the draft at 20. You know, he's losing that eligibility uh, on the brink of it and has a terrific year in juniors last year, gets that attention this last draft and finally gets that opportunity, though being maybe a little bit on the older side for draft status. Then there are players like... Fairbrother who come about through trade and are in this showcase as well. And so no matter how they got to Colorado's prospect pool, their paths are very different. There's the college free agent kids. And in looking at that, we talked about the healthy competition that exists among them. And I think it's an interesting part because I do think in some ways, Malinsky and Hansel in theory have the same opportunity. It's just who can seize it even more so. And obviously Malinsky has the edge because he is the older player with four years of college experience under his belt. But it does seem like each player has equal opportunity to merge ahead of the other, no matter where they are in their hockey journey. And I think that's really interesting is Colorado is sort of turning the keys over to them to let them show who is most deserving of that opportunity. And I, I do think that opportunity is very interesting at an event like this because Sean Barron's isn't here. Guyaev isn't here. This particularly on that defensive side, the F's higher end prospects aren't here because they're playing in KHL, NCAA, whatever. Mm -hmm. It's an opportunity for a Malinsky, a Hansel to say, Hey, they're not here. I'm here and I'm ready. I do. I do actually really want to build on Megan's point here of it's an unconventional prospect pool and drawing the direct contrast between Colorado and Phoenix. Because you look at what Phoenix... That stacked lineup they had. <laughs> yeah, you, you look at what the Coyotes put on the ice last night. They're looking... Those are guys that are all... They're hoping Dylan Genther, who I didn't even notice. Not one bit yeah, last night. Not much. Um, you know, Logan Cooley. Who um, you noticed a lot last yeah, night. Yeah, <laughs> Doan, Doan and Geeky. They're hoping those guys are all part of the top six in the future. Yep. The, the guys that the Coyotes have in their prospect pool right now, they're hoping become their guys. Franchise guys, guys that they can build around, the, become the future. Colorado doesn't need that. They're not looking for somebody to come in to play in their top six forward. Not one of these guys. Oscar Olauson, he's, he's not profiling like that at this point in his career. 
And even the day he was drafted, we, we, we talked about him, hey, if it works out to this, then it's gone very well. But that's, that's where the Avs, their priorities are different, so their targets are different. They're not looking for a guy that might have the highest ceiling in the world, but he's got a really low floor. You look at it, and, and when the Avs trade away all these draft picks over the last handful of years uh, and go a little more bare bones at the, in that, they make up for it by going and hitting the college market really hard. They get, and, and you look at it, look at where their depth in their organization is right now. You have Sam Malinsky, you have Ben Myers, you have Jason Poe, and you have Andre Pavel. Those are all guys that are going to be in the mix for NHL time this year, and they aren't guys that they drafted and developed. They were guys that they went into the college pool, signed them to contracts, and it's because the Avs are looking for cheap contracts to help fill out the bottom of their roster. Not the top. The top is set. Their best players are already among the best players in the sport. They don't need those guys. If they ended up with one of them, great. That's obviously great. But they aren't, they aren't sitting at, the, uh, at this event looking at Jason Poland going, well, maybe this guy can replace Landeskog for us. You know, <laughs> That's not the conversation being had. It's more like maybe Jason Poland can replace Logan O'Connor when O'Connor gets to free agency in a year or two. You know, and, and maybe these guys, maybe this guy can help us here, there, wherever. Their approach to it has been very different than a traditional, just the traditional organizations of we're going to draft, we're going to develop, and then maybe we'll sign a guy here or there. The Avs have never been aggressive, all that aggressive in the free agent market in, in college until they needed to be. They looked around and they said, where can we, we have all these openings in the organization, where can we go and get young talent? Where can we go get young talent that we think can help the parts of the roster that are in flux every single year? Because every team turns over a couple of the, a couple guys in their lineup every year. You don't ever just bring it back. So that's where, that's where I think it was a great point from Megan that they, they have really leaned into it. They have embraced the challenge of, uh, of where they are. Of they are spending top dollar on top players and trying to figure out the rest from there. They're trying to find answers with... You know, Jonathan Duran, Tomas Tatar, great. Those are huge values. They need to continue to find guys like that every single year in free agency. But on the prospect side of things, they need the Sam Malinskis and Jason Polins of the world. If Sam Malinsky becomes an avalanche regular for them, and they don't have to draft and spend four years waiting for him and all this, it's an enormous victory. And it's incredibly frustrating for the Dallas Stars of the world who are trying to close the gap who are trying to stay competitive over the next five years with Colorado's elite, elite players. And so I think that's the unconventional um, aspect of this. Has, has their, their embracing of it is notable, as Megan mentioned. It's, it's a great point. And one of the defining characteristics of the, this side of the organization right now. Alongside it, too, and seeing the late off-season grab of Evan Rodriguez last year and then Tomas Tatar this year, has it set a difficult-to-repeat standard for what the Avs are, are <laughs> capable of pulling off? Or does it affirm that they have an aptitude to doing this and could continue to doing this? They, you know, Can they keep getting away with it? All right, look. Yes, they can. If September 12th, 2024, <laughs> they sign somebody, okay? <laughs> Twice is a coincidence, right. three times it's right. a pattern. <laughs> like, they, they might just be accounting for it at this point, too. Like, we just wait late enough in the offseason because their compete window for a Stanley Cup is right now with the talent they have at the top. They can talk guys into coming here in September. Yep. 
for a couple seasons now, so long as the top of the lineup stays as amazing as it is in the McKinnons and the Rantanens. Well, and I think it becomes even easier in the future. Say Jonathan Duran has a good solid year, goes out and gets a multi-year deal for a bunch of money somewhere else. That's another you know, guy in the back pocket. Yeah. Tomas Tatar does the same thing. Then you're talking about, okay, this track record is starting to get long. Yep. Of guys over the last five, six years that have been able to come to Colorado, get a bigger get a bigger role in an, in an offense and in a system that is going to boost the numbers a little bit. They're going to have career years. It's not going to keep it down. It's not some of these more defensive teams where you're, you know, you might be a 25-point guy. You come to Colorado, you're pushing maybe 35, 40 points. You know, that that track record is meaningful because when it comes to repeating this, which is something they have to do every single year, they have to find guys that they extract contractual value out of. And in order to do that, having guys like this have success, it shows to other players, I can compete for a cup, I can put myself in a good position, and I can, I can, I can set myself up for future money as well. Because you look at the opposite of this. John Klingberg last year in Anaheim is a great example. He went where he was going to get every opportunity, all the playing time. Yeah, he did it on a team that sucked. And it didn't matter. It didn't get him paid this year. It didn't set him up for success over the, in the offseason. It was a total disaster of a situation. And that was the more traditional route. Go play for a bad team, have a have high one-year contract, and then try to recoup some of the, what he perceived as lost money that he did not get on a, on a multi-year deal in a situation like that. It didn't go very well. Yep. Evan Rodriguez comes to Colorado for $2 million, less than what he should have gotten last year. And now he's got a four-year four year deal in Florida. He's got the kind of security John Klingberg wishes, wishes he had right now. You know, obviously different players, different situations, but that track record of Colorado being able to do that and being a destination for guys Every single year, guys fall through the cracks in free agency, and Colorado just needs to continue to wait them out. They did a wonderful job of it last year, did a wonderful job of it this year. I feel even better about this year's version of it than I did last year. Me too, honestly. The the ads put themselves in a great position there. Did you know the largest private collector of bobbleheads lives in Las Vegas? (laughs) No. Well, now you know, and I bet you... They hit up FOCO.com to get a handful of those bobbleheads. <laughs> you can get your bobbleheads at FOCO.com as well. Use the DNVR code when you head over there to get 10% off your order. They have more than just bobbleheads, too. Licensed apparel for all of the major sports teams in the country, basically. So go check it out, whether you're Avs fan, Nuggets fan, Broncos fan, CU fan. With their game going tonight, they got you covered when it comes to FOCO.com. Tons of awesome stuff, like I mentioned. They, they have a bunch of cool knickknacks and stuff. I don't know what to, like, categorize things like pins as or, like, Crocs. Crocs are apparel, I guess, but... Accessories. Ex- that's a good, good go. accessories. They have a lot of sports accessories. So get over there to FOCO.com. Go check them out. Use the DNVR code when you order your bobbleheads. Rudo, does the prime bobblehead have the sunglasses? <laughs> and the hat? <laughs> they probably come with... A separate loose pair that you can put on him. That's an accessory. (laughs) (laughs) Count it. (laughs) Buy bobblehead sunglass accessories. Yeah. (laughs) 
Uh, we're also brought to you by Breckenridge Brewery, the official beer of DNVR. You can get yours anywhere in the United States. Check breckbrew.com for the online beer locator to find it at a liquor store near you. It's Broncos country season when it comes to Breck Brew. Uh, lately, and hopefully not this year, but it's not looking great, Broncos country has been a beer to drown your sorrows more than it has been one to celebrate. But you know what? It does the job. So go get it. Of course, you can always get their Avalanche Amber, which is my favorite. You can get tons of other types. Summer beers are going quick, though. You got to get your Palisade Peaches while you still can. It's almost fall. So get ready for the, uh, the pumpkin spice stuff. It's coming. Uh, again, check them out. Breckbrew.com. Get your Breckbrew today. Second period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast. We're not going to make you wait any longer. We all know what you're here for. We have an interview with Chris McFarland. Talked about a wide range of, of topics on it. So I'm just going to let's just roll it, Kale. Give him the beautiful bean footage. Here we are here with the uh, general manager of the Colorado Avalanche, Chris McFarland. Welcome, Chris. Thanks for joining us today. AJ, AJ. Oh, you want me to start this? Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so uh, I guess we'll just start with uh, your approach to the offseason. You know, what did you see as your team's biggest shortcomings last year, and how do you feel you addressed them over the summer? Well, that, that's, that's a good question. I think the, the biggest area for us is obviously from rewinding to the end of 22 with some of the, the, the key losses we had. We knew with the tight cap that our, our depth, our depth was the biggest thing. And whether it was depth, you know, in the the middle six forward group or just, you know, the the overall depth of the group on both the forward and the back end, I think that was our, our biggest challenge is uh, when we were leading into off-season mode as to how can we maximize cap dollars to try and extend our, our lineup. So you think that, uh, you know, the, the forward core, obviously, you guys addressed pretty heavily didn't do as much on the back end. Do you see that there's a little more work to do, or is this more of a Sam Malinsky where he comes in to try and help you? I, I, I think it's a little bit of both, AJ, to be honest. I think it gives us the time to assess our group here in training camp to see some of our kids as we move along, and then and then if we have to pivot, then then we'll pivot if something obviously makes sense from an acquisition cost or uh, cap and, and all that as we move uh, towards the beginning of the regular season. But we're, we're comfortable with where we're at with uh, the back end right now. You know, and the, the forward core looks pretty good right now. Where do you see Nikolai Kovalenko coming in and trying to help you out? Is it more this year or is that next year? I think that that uh, chapter is yet to be written. I think we're very excited that we were able to get him signed. So I think over the next call it three, four months, he's a guy that we're going to pay a lot of close attention to, whether it's, you know, our guys here on video, but our guys in Europe uh, paying very close attention to him. I think, you know, the fact that he's on an entry-level deal and, and he can, you know, at the end of their season, he's coming over, you know, we'll do what's best for him, but we'll also know where we're at and, you know, kind of can, where would he fit in the lineup. So, you know, he's not 18 or 19. I think he's, he's playing with men. You know, if he has a, a, a good solid year there, I think it's it's wide open for him to to possibly be a contributor for us. You know, I know that you guys don't usually make too much a comment on these, but I do want to ask, you know, Devon Taves is a free agent at the end of next season. Have you guys talked to him about an extension? Do you kind of know where each other stand? Is that something that you think might get done early? 
We talked, uh, had a brief discussion with uh, with Devon's a- agent at the draft in, in the early parts of the summer, and I, you know, I think they have a good understanding of, you know, uh, of the our situation, the cap, and all that, and you know, we'll continue to chat. A big new addition to the forward group is Tomas Tatar, and I was curious how those conversations unfolded in bringing him to Colorado. That's a good question, Megan. I think, you know, I'd be lying to you if I said he was a, you know, a day one target because he wasn't. You just don't, you don't go in on, on July 1 with a player that caliber and go, you know, do you want a one-year deal, you know, with a number that, you know, is a, is a lower number. I think as it moved along and, and as the summer, you know, it creeps into August, then you, you start to think, you know, is there, is there a chance here? And, and you make an initial call and engage the player's First of all, his interest level potentially in Colorado. Does he see it as a as a fit? And you, you kind of have those discussions. And you know, we chatted with Thomas. I'm going to say maybe three weeks ago, three and three, two, three weeks ago for sure. And and I think the fit, you know, was described, and and player felt it was a good fit. And then it's and then it sort of drags into the the financial component, right? And that's the that was the the last little piece that had to come together. And and fortunately, last weekend, we, we got a call and, and we were able to sort of make the framework of something. And Thomas got on a, a we had a good phone call with, with head coach and myself and Thomas. And, and a couple of days later, he said he wanted to be an Avs. So we were very, very excited to, to be able to make that splash last weekend. Was Wood able to help facilitate any of that? That's a good question. We did talk to uh, Miles, obviously, about Thomas more so as a person. I think we've we've got a really good feel um, from watching him play the last you know number of years. Um, know that what he brings, but talk to talk to Miles briefly. Uh, you know, Arturi also uh, knows Thomas very very well from their their time together in Montreal. So once once everything came back together in terms of this is a good person and a and a guy that would fit in with our group, it was it was sort of slam dunked for us in terms of trying to bring the player on. And at the start of the offseason, you said the organization remains bullish on Sam Alinsky. Now there's a development camp under his belt. He came back early, got in some of those captain's practices with the pros. How has your opinion on him grown or changed now from that point? It, it hasn't changed at all. You know, we spent a lot of time watching him the last number of years, and, and he was a guy that our, our scouts were very excited about last year. I think Sam's um, storyline here is going to be dictated. Have a good rookie camp. Hopefully, I'm a good uh, camp here in Vegas, and then let's get him uh, with the the big boys in in Denver, and then the preseason games and and the practices will be crucial for us to make an assessment over the next three weeks. As you know, is he ready to to contribute and play a role here, or is he better suited to go and play 20 plus minutes a night right off the bat? You know, for X number of games with the Eagles, I think that's that's the question that we have to answer, and I couldn't answer that for you today. So, but we are excited to see him both here the next few days, and then and then back home with the with the main camp. What have the reports been on Eustace Aninen and his development from Parkala and Peter Gudai? Well, Eustace, you know, he's what two two year, two full years now. He's just just a bit over a hundred games. You know, I think you know two. 200 games is probably for me is the is the right marker for a young goalie so his development has been good I mean he's he's played some really good games he's had times where he's carried the mail he's had a good partner there and in, in Jonas uh, Johansson the last number of years and 
the one thing the Eagles had was quality goaltending every single night down there. I think with Eustace, uh, it's it's next year he needs waivers. So this is a massive year for him um, and his development in, in terms of is he projecting to be a National Hockey League goaltender. Um, we're excited to see him at camp. So we're, we're going to goaltending depth is something that we're uh, it's important and Eustace is a big part of that for us. And two players that had off-season procedures are Josh Manson and Pavel Francouz. Can you yep. speak to the status and availability of those players looking at the start of the season? Uh, we think Josh is going to be ready to roll right uh, right from day one of training camp. He had that procedure after after the season last year. Uh, we'll know obviously more you know on the day of physicals, but he's skating with the guys and you know whether he gets in how many preseason games. I don't know. You know I can't answer that at this point in time. Pavel Francouz has been has been banged up. Um, we'll, he's flying in this week, and we'll have a better assessment for him once he gets here on, I think it's Tuesday. And then going back to the goaltending then, and bringing a young goaltender like Arvid home and seeing Trent Miner in this showcase, what is sort of the vision for goaltending down the depth chart? Yeah, that's, uh, you know, Arvid Holm has been in, in Winnipeg's uh, system for a bit. He's a big, big kid with a lot of raw, you know, raw athletic ability, so... You know, we expect him to come in and, and be part of that, you know, that Eagles tandem and, and continue the, the good goaltending that they've gotten down there. And, and Trent's trying to knock that door down as well to show that he should be one of the two guys with the Eagles. But, you know, at, at you know, that the challenge with that is you've got you want you don't have you have one net. Right. right. And you want to develop, you know, three goalies. So, you know, we've got a good situation with Utah and. Um, you know, but Trent's, uh, Trent's, Trent was really good yesterday. He gave our, our guys a chance to get back into that game by playing really well the first half of the game. So this is a big, uh, big camp for him and, and, then, and then off the Eagles. I got a couple questions for you, Chris. Um, first, surround yourself with great people. And, and I think you're mastering this. And I want people listening to understand, in addition, for example, last summer for me, uh, I know him well, but the you know the the average fan probably doesn't know him. You know Kevin McDonald. I, I, for me, it's a key addition. Last summer, I love it the way you're surrounding yourself with people like that. What does a guy like Kevin bring to you in the sense of managing the whole situation? That's a great that's a great question, Eric. You're you're only you know your staff is your guys in the field. The guys grinding and and Kevin's been Kevin's been. Uh, he won't like me saying this, but he's been around longer than I have been and, and doing it a long time, you know, from from back in, in, in New York and then a long tenure in St. Louis. So, you know, with Craig Billington moving into front, the goaltending piece, you know, having somebody that, that can do the day to day with the Eagles and, and Utah and, and build that, you know, those relationships with our coaches and keep Joe and myself informed on on our prospects there we like to get up there obviously too but you know kevin's in the trenches with those guys and he's got so much experience you know being a you know a pro scout and and a manager at the minor league level for a long time it was a, a really good hire for us lastly more on the personal side of things your son sawyer just so people you know understand i know his son really well um we have something in common we've watched our dads reach the summit, you know, lift the Stanley Cup. And I tell you one thing, it's an unbelievable feeling as a son. Uh, but on the other flip, on the flip side of things, I've n I'm jealous. I've never done it with my kids. And I know you're doing it. Obviously, you did it with your kids and your wife. What was it like that moment when you know all the sacrifices that have been done? 
it's an amazing feeling, I'm assuming, if you can yep. just touch on that. Oops, sorry. Oh, you had, you had to hit me in the, in the <laughs> feels, Eric. Um, well, obviously, you know, that was, that was a dream come true. You know, you, you, you know, you know what it's like. You've experienced it, and your, your dad was an amazing guy, avalanche legend, and, and going to the hall. So uh, kudos and congr congrats on that. Well-deserved. Yeah. Look forward to that day in November big time. But, you know, my wife has been the, the rock of our family and, and doing the grinding with the kids while we get to go out and, and do what we do on a daily basis and on the road a lot. And, and um, so to share that with them, they've been diehard Blue Jacket fans when I was in Columbus. <laughs> and the second we, we came to Colorado, they're, they're diehard Avs fans. So they, they live and die with it. And, I, you know, I think they got a grasp of how much that, you know, meant, you know, for me, but I think the cool part was seeing how much it, it meant to them. And, and you know how special that day is. And it's just something you can't really put into words when it actually happens. It's, it's like an out of body experience. I, 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 I can't even describe it, but it was a, an amazing day. And we happened to win it on my, the night it was my wife's 50th birthday in Tampa. So I knew that, that, that I knew added that, yeah. a little bit of, of fun to the night, but it was really, really special for us. An amazing day. I'm good. Yeah. I was going to ask about Toby Peterson. Yep. Sean Allaire moves on from the organization. Yep. What is it in Toby Peterson that we can expect that he brings to the role that might fill some of those big yeah. shoes that Allaire left? Yeah, we're really excited about Toby. I think Toby comes at it from a little, a little bit different. Sean was amazing for us. He's one of the best in the world that, you know, skill development and skating and, and, and that aspect of it. And I think, you know, Toby's a guy that played professionally he had to grind for everything he got as a pro he was a call a good college player and a good AHL player and 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 played some in the national league but obviously Bedsy and and Prater and myself have a you know previous history with Toby during our time together in, in Springfield and and then he went on and coached in Roch but I think he brings the the ability to hopefully connect with with young guys our young forwards our young defensemen both in terms of skills applicable skills work but specifically you know from a coaching slant whether it's you know working with a young forward who, who's got to improve getting pucks out or uh you know gaps with defensemen or those things so i think he'll have a a, a different lens that he looks through in terms of helping our young pros and uh going up the road uh, to the eagles and getting his touches with the abs as well so we're really excited about that ad I promise this will be the last one for me. <laughs> I got but looking no problem. at main camp opening next week, yep. what is the atmosphere that you want to see and feel from the players on the ice? I, I, I don't worry about the, the feel of our group. They're very dialed in. They're very committed. Um, you know, they take care of themselves. They're, they're, there's no question on the conditioning levels or all that. So I just, for me, I want to make sure that we're ready to go October 10th. You know, the young guys, I'm excited to see some of the young guys that we brought in like Frederick Olofsson and, and Riley Tufte and Corey Schooneman and Jack Ashawn. I really want to see how those guys, Benny Myers, you know, his development in, in terms of competing for roster spots and showing us where they're at. And um, so that's the part that I'm really looking forward to. And then, then obviously like just health, like yeah. you want it, you want to be ready to go. Eric would know this. There's nothing worse than, then starting the year either banged up or, you know, with a, with a player that you're counting on right off the bat. So, you know, we went through that last year. Our guys did a great job, but, you know, hopefully, you know, looking forward to seeing some of these young guys and, and then being ready to rock and roll October 10th. Well, so thankful for your time, Chris. I mean, we really appreciate it. It means a ton to us. And 
Good well, luck next week. Well, no, and, and thank you for you guys. It's uh, you know, it's good that you guys come here and, and check out our rookies and and see that the future pipeline. I think it's an exciting time, you know, for us. You know, no Kovalenko, no Callum Ritchie, no Sean Barons, uh, no Guliyev. So I think you know our our pipeline is is starting to come, and, and this is a this is a fun tournament. So thank thanks for your support. Thank you. Thank you. That was Christopher McFarland. Chris McFarland? Is his actual name Christopher? I don't even know. It might just be Chris. It is, is it because he called you Nathan? Yeah. GM of the Colorado Avalanche. Uh, fantastic interview. We'll get into a lot more of that. But first, we are brought to you by Bet365. They don't do ordinary at Bet365. They believe every sport should be epic. Every touchdown, every game, every point, every play. All of the moments that are legendary from your sport, those should be the ones that matter. You can see for yourself, when you sign up today, you'll get $365 in bonus bets. And that's when you just bet $1 on your account. Make sure you sign up with the DNVR365 code because it's never ordinary at Bet365. And any way you go with it. You can take AJ's route of betting against the Rockies, although the Rockies game the other night was pretty wild. You should have bet for them, I guess. Last but. I saw, they were up 6-3 in today. So. Well, hey, that might be a good time to bet against them. Who knows with the Rockies? You can always bet on hockey futures right now. Ad's pretty good to win. Uh, obviously, uh, I think the odds have actually come down, but for a while there, McKinnon to win the heart was uh, good money, to say the least. They actually have had the abs boosted to win the Stanley Cup yeah. plus 1000 Yeah, that's right. So. so good options out there when it comes to the hockey futures. Go check them out at Bet365. Use the DNVR365 code when you sign up to get those $365 in bonus bets. You must be 21 and physically located in Colorado. Please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call or text 1-800-GAMBLER today. We're also brought to you by the fantastic folks over at Volo. If betting on sports isn't your thing, what about playing sports? They're the largest social sports company in the country. They're right here in Vegas. They're right there in Denver. Either way you want to do it. I recommend Denver because, you know, that's where we're from. So you can go to volosports.com slash Denver to sign up today. You can still get into some of their fall leagues, or you can get the Volo Pass, which is 20 bucks a month for unlimited drop-ins, pickup, and all of that stuff. You can just show up and play whatever sport you're feeling, kickball, volleyball. We were staring at a pickleball court earlier out of one of these uh, gigantic windows behind us. So that's an option, too. Uh, check them out. You can get $10 off when you check out at fellowsports.com slash Denver with code DNVR. Third period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast. Lots of, lots of cover with McFarlane there. Do you guys want to start with just kind of officially seeing that Josh Manson seems like he should be ready to go for the season and then it's still kind of uh, unclear on Pavel Francos? Yeah, I mean, it's meaningful with Manson being ready to go. We talked a lot about last year how the Avs had leaned into the strength of their team was their defense. The, their third pairing was better than a lot of second pairings. That they never really got healthy enough for that to be true last season. Yep. You know, with, with in, in EJ's last year, you can kind of look at it right now and say the with the injury issues of Manson over the last couple of years, Jack Johnson on your third pairing. Those are, you know, that if, if, that's how, if that's the alignment they want to go with, Jack Johnson and Josh Manson um, uh, together on your third pairing, like, 
right now you don't feel great about it. You know, you you like both guys and you like what they can do. They've they've both had really good stretches in Colorado. But you are one injury away from Curtis McDermott, and you are two injuries away from a total unknown. Brett Hunt. I mean... <laughs> I know what you mean, though. You want a viable option there full-time and not just a yeah. gap stop, which yeah. I think Brad Hunt serves that role very well. But you don't want yeah. that to be a long-term season solution. And maybe that's where Sam Malinsky comes in. Um, but at the NHL, and as excited as we are about him, the NHL level is just a question mark. You don't know. And teams that are competing for cups usually don't like uncertainty. And that's why I like the Manson comment. You know, if you're look at the makeup of a team, it's nothing different than the makeup of your D, right? You know, somewhere, somehow, I'm going to use, like, drinks, you know what I mean? So there, there's a lot of wine drinkers, and if you have six wine drinkers, it doesn't really go well, you know what I mean? And, 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 and Manson is the whiskey drinker, right? You know what I mean? He's the guy that's different, you know, than the other ones, and, and he brings <laughs> that element, and um, that's, you know, that's why I'm a big Zadara fan. You know, I, I am. I, I, analytics will say that... You know, he's, no, he's not very good and all that stuff. But, but sometimes I think Calgary did a good job picking him up because he's different in what they had on their back end. So Manson is different. He brings that different element. So I think they, you know, I think we all agree they missed that last playoffs, mm-hmm. right? You know what I mean? A little bit on, um, on Josh Manson being back there. So I'm excited to have this guy good. back there this year. Is this the part where Eric rips off the mask and it was Evan all along? <laughs> yeah, right. Evan also loves Zadora. Oh, yeah. 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 yes. he, he might not I'm be an analyst. Because he has to be a fit. You know, he was, you know, yeah. again, in Calgary, like, he's a big, he was a good fit. Right. You know yep. what I mean? He, yes, I know. He makes bad plays and all of a sudden there's a turnover. And uh, listen, I, I've watched the same games you guys watch, you know, but when you're doing the makeup of a team, you know, he brings something that's different than the others. And if everybody's the same, it's not good. You know what I mean? If everybody's like a Nathan McKinnon or, you know what I mean? Obviously, somewhere, somehow, somebody's going to be missing some ice time. You know what I mean? Because there's only 60 minutes in a game. But you got to be built a little differently. And, and I think that's why Josh Manson is valuable to the lineup. And he was valuable in the playoffs two years ago because he brings that difference than McCarr, Taze, Bo, you know, all guys like that. He's a little bit different and he brings that size. And he was surely missed. Is but, is Josh Manson a guy? Is he a whiskey drinker? Or no, 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 no. I'm not saying he, he does drink whiskey. Is he a guy no, that no. just chews the drink yeah. like the glass? He, he just gasoline. eats through it. No, no, no. We'll make sure that just, we'll clarify that. Just, I'm just not saying the that glass they drink itself. wine and they drink whiskey. I'm saying <laughs> if you're comparing to to drinks, you know what I mean? Like no, I got you. Know, you. Like Kale McCars, like a nice fine wine, right? Exactly. No, he's like a fine wine. He's just like you know, he's an expensive wine, and but you know. Uh, just using terms, you know what I mean? Yes, no, let's I, be clear. Let's be clear. I'm not saying he drinks whiskey. That's, you know, maybe he does, but I'm just comparing. No, it actually makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And I, I think the concern surrounding Josh Manson isn't unfounded just because he was rehabbing an injury throughout lots of last season, tried mm-hmm. to come back twice. The first time, it just wasn't right. Second time, also wasn't right. Has this off-season procedure, presumably to correct this, and... There's just an uncertainty then in where he's at in being game ready. And that's why it's encouraging that he's supposed to be good for camp, but he has been sheltered with some caution even in these last few weeks and getting out there more gradually. I don't think that's a bad approach given the offseason he's coming off of rehabbing even more, but I'm cautiously 
not re- I, I don't know how to talk about Josh Manson. Like, I still very ca- feel very cautious yeah. about this. This hasn't really instilled a lot of confidence in me yet. Yeah. But I'm glad it wasn't a red flag. Like, I'm glad we didn't get some sort of red light news out mm-hmm. of this either. So, It would be a lot more concerning if they were like, hey, Josh Manson isn't ready and we exactly. haven't done anything Ex- this offseason. Exactly. Yeah. No, no, yeah. exactly. Like, this is still good news. I'm very cautious, though, just in looking at the bottom of that decor if he does have to miss some more time. You definitely feel better about the Josh Manson news than the Pavel Francouz news. Yeah, yeah. Which we already knew was not super encouraging right now, but it, it's still it's still a question mark. We don't know what kind of timeline uh, he's working with, but you don't want to go into camp not knowing, not yeah. having an answer to who your backup goaltender is going to be. And that's why Manson, those preseason games are... They're important, important for him, yeah. right? You know, like for guys, it's just to get their hands back, their feeling back of the game. But Manson is to see, feel it can out. I, you know, play 60 minutes and, you know, feel good about it and not be like cautious and all that kind of stuff. So, hey, those preseason games are meaningless at times, but they're, for some guys, are important for that matter. Yeah. Uh, preseason, get hyped. <laughs> Megan, I'm going to put you a little bit on the spot here. What was your favorite answer from McFarland in that interview? That's an interesting question. <laughs> Do you I have time to think about it? Yeah. We talked about Tomash Tatar, and I liked how forthcoming he was about how that came to fruition in Colorado. I expected him to be a bit more withholding, and... He shared that this isn't a guy that they necessarily had targeted from the start of free agency, and they intentionally waited it out, and then circumstances on either party's side just ended up sort of in the perfect place. And what I think is interesting is hearing just this small tidbit that affirms something that he talked about. I want to say he did like a trade deadline presser last year where he talked a lot about culture. And he talks about having spoken with Miles Wood and Arturi Lekkonen, in getting the green light for bringing Tatar on board. And I like it because it's in step with what we've heard about how this room works and how McFarland targets players, that there's a lot of input from the guys that are already in Colorado's lineup to decide if someone's going to be a good cultural fit. I've heard great things about Tatar as well, but knowing that that's still a priority in Chris McFarland's eyes just affirms that this is a true behind the scenes thing that the organization prioritizes. Teams don't win with bad culture. Yeah, I mean, everybody has to be pulling on the rope in the same direction. And yep. I think that was, when you look at where it, it's not that they weren't last year. It was just that there were different guys pulling on the rope every day. No amount of culture can stop that <laughs> many injuries. Exactly. <laughs> it, was, it was its own challenge. Um, but I think, I, I thought I, I, that was my also, the most interesting answer to me was that just the, the background, because you know the Avs. The Avs are one of the more analytically based organizations in hockey right now. The advanced modeling that they do, the analytics that they've gotten into, all of their in-house investments in that area are cutting edge around the NHL. They're excellent at it. That doesn't mean that they ignore the rest of the stuff. You know, the one of the one of the consistent knocks on analytics is always, "Well, it can't measure heart." Of course, it can't. That's why. That's the point. <laughs> That's why you have conversations. That's why you have relationships. It's why when you're talking about Tomas Tatar, you talk to Miles Wood. You talk to Arturi Lekkonen. Guys that know him and say, you know, especially Lekkonen, who was here 
when they won the cup and knows what that room was like and says, okay, is this guy going to fit into our culture? And if they sign off on it, then that's great. We talked a lot last trade deadline about Max Domi. And Max, well, you know, Max Domi maybe wasn't a guy that they, the, the, the locker room was going to be as excited uh, about adding. And Max Domi doesn't land in Colorado. You know, and you look at the guy that they did get in Lars Eller, great culture guy, a guy that is really, really well liked and respected around the league. Now, at some point, you know, you need guys that can help your team. Um, you know, it'd be great if they could also play the role they were supposed to play. <laughs> that, would help. that would help. You're not decimated by injury as the Avs were last year. But yeah. I did, I did think that that's interesting because the the background that goes into that, the the, you know, the it's so much deeper than oh, he's got good analytics. We're gonna go get him because Tomas Tatar's analytics are spectacular. Yep, they're so far beyond good. They're spectacular. And he even said, we're very comfortable with who he is as a player. We know. We've seen him. We've watched his career. There's all kinds. They have every number that they could possibly use. And the conversation still came down to character. I, I think the other part of that that is really interesting to me is when you're on the outside, I think a lot of the time people like try to twist themselves into knots and convince that they're like, oh, they were after Tatar all along. And they're such geniuses for waiting. And it's like, that eh, didn't really pan out like that. That's not reality. Yeah. No. It, he slips through the cracks. Yeah. They get an opportunity. The stars align. Yeah, yeah. It came. It came together. This is what happens when you you save a little bit of money. Uh, you you put yourself in a position where you can make a move like that. It in on apparently on September twelfth every year. Number of contracts, right? Yep. You don't want to be yeah. a dilemma. You can't just add guys. You want to be able to to fit within your fifty. You yep. know, which is the number maximum allowed. So little things go into play. You know. Uh, one last thing I wanted to, to ask about this. Eric, you were talking to McFarland about winning a Stanley Cup. As a GM of the team going forward, is that, hey, we won one, pressure's off, or is there pressure there to win the next one? I, I think it's an easy answer is you want more. Yeah. I, I think winning is it's addicting. Um, I've talked about McKinnon before saying I think you can see it. Um, back then, I'm using, again, old Avalanche teams, Joel, Peter, Patrick, those guys were like, wow, we've tasted it, now we want more. And once you do that, I think McKinnon's got that in his eyes. I think McCarr's got that in his eyes, right? Obviously, Gabe, but um, that's a different story. But I think Miko, you know, the leadership group, those guys are, you mean business when you come to Colorado. I think you're feeling it this year a little bit with the guys being there early. Um, I think they want more, and it's nothing different in the front office. I think they, they know that they've done it. Now they want to do more, and I think it's just something that you keep going because you want to taste it more. I mean, you saw his eyes when he's talking about, like, you know, winning. It's, it's, it's right away. You know, your eyes change, you know. Like, it's something that's special, something that you, you cherish for the rest. And it's cliche, right? You walk together the rest of your life. But it's true. I mean, it's true. Those guys, they know, and that feeling doesn't go away. When you're a true uh, winner, you want more, and I think those guys want more, including the front office. I hope so. I hope they get more. Uh, anything else? Anyone want to add anything? I just uh, on that point, like you, just being at the rink as that team, as, as the team has started to show up, you can feel it. Yeah. It is it is palpable in that building that you can feel that there is a certain sense of urgency that like they I, and I've said this, they did not get an honest title defense. And True. so, and True. now, and now I think they're pissed and I think that should scare the bejesus out of the Dallas stars <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and Vegas, honestly, yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, I, I think that that is, 
you're going to have a, a if, if they can get healthy and stay healthy, you're going to have an angry Nathan McKinnon and Kale McCarr all year long. Okay. Watch out. Yeah, and a 50-goal Nico <laughs> in, <laughs> in, in a year that was so bad. Not for him individually, obviously. Yeah. yeah. But him with more talent readily available, hopefully. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you look at the top nine on opening night, and this is going to be something that I, I either write about or just put out on Twitter at some point. But you look at the opening opening night lineups versus game one last year and game game what will be game one this year. This is a better hockey team. Oh, it is. It just is. More talented. Yep. A bunch of dudes you might want to get bobbleheads of with foco.com. Reminder to get over there. Use code DNVR10 to get 10% off your order from Foco. Get the bobbleheads or be normal person and get a jersey or a shirt or whatever. Look, bobbleheads are normal. You're a normal person if you like bobbleheads. That's fine. I'm just weird and think they're weird. Uh, but either way, whatever you need, foco.com. Go over there. Get your apparel. We are going to get out of here live from Circa's Legacy Club up at the top floor. I did want to add one oh, final yeah, yeah, note. Go, go, go. I yeah. don't want to end the show on a weird note either, but I did want to address the fact that we didn't ask Chris McFarland about Val Nachushkin. Yeah. And I just wanted people to know that that was an intentional choice that we agreed upon. Mm-hmm. And it's not because we want to abandon that topic of discussion altogether. I think... Our hope is going into camp, we'll have the opportunity to talk to Valnichushkin directly and bring that kind of coverage to you guys. So I just didn't want anyone to think that we're ignoring this topic of discussion altogether. We still want to talk to Valnichushkin directly. And I think the wording was healthy and we'll be at camp. Yeah, he's healthy. He's there. He's ready to go. Um, the abs have said what they're going to say about Valnichushkin. The next the, the next time anybody talks about it will be Valnichushkin. Yep. So it's the, the next step is up to him. So, yep. but yeah, we did not. I appreciate Megan. Yeah, getting that in there. That was we, important to talk about. It was not something that we we were trying to hide from. Yep. No. All right. On that note, we're going to wrap this up for real from Circa in Las Vegas, their legacy club. If you haven't been up here, you, you guys got to get up here. The view is ridiculous. This is uh, the nicest room I've ever been in, genu- in my life. Genuinely, <laughs> I feel too poor to be here. Like, <laughs> right. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> We appreciate all of y'all. We hope you guys are having a great weekend. We got more content coming your way on everywhere you can find us. YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, uh, the actual website that we own, that thing too. <laughs> for, for new pod listener Peter Budai, Spotify. Spotify, there you go. That's We're adorable. everywhere. <laughs> He's a big Spotify guy, we learned. Yeah, keep your eye out. We do have a bunch of interviews that will be coming to YouTube uh, of a bunch of guys in the Avs front office. Uh, so, yeah. We think it's cool content. Hopefully you do, too. We will see you on the next one.